Don Luca, smoke you like my hookah Pump fake right, then I step back in illusion That's a boss move maneuver, billionaire entrepreneur Mark Cuban on the viewer, put you rookies on a skewer I stay shitting on you boys like I came up from the sewer Used to have a lot of dollars, now I got a lot fewer What you saying to me? I hope you save it for me I'm about to kill the game, and I put it in my testimony Hi, welcome to the Mainstream Mouse Podcast. This is your host, Will. I'm joined here by my co-host, Jaren. You guys joined us for our last podcast. We talked you know, heavily about the post-draft introductory press conference for the Mavericks with Olivier Maxence Prosper, as well as Derek Lively. Um, just sort of how draft night ended up panning out. Um, today, we're going to be getting into a lot more of the free agency rumor mill that has uh the Mavericks have sort of been involved in uh, the last couple of days it's obviously the busiest season of the year in the NBA especially transactionally and as Nico Harrison said um right after the draft the Mavericks are just beginning they are not done there's still a lot of things they can do they have their mid-level exception open as of right now um if they are you know if they go into free agency uh as it currently stands you know Kyrie Irving uh while heavily rumored to you know uh, probably come back to the Mavericks still uh you know has potential to go to other teams they still have to secure the you know signing of him probably on a max contract or you know maybe like a two plus one but definitely gonna be a lot of money um going out there and then there's still a lot of things the Mavericks can do on the trade front they still have Tim Hardaway Jr. they still have their 2027 first round pick they still do have the assets of Jaden Hardy and Josh Green um, but yeah, I think that they'd be probably less keen to trading those um, if they had a preference, unless something really, really good came up. Um, but, you know, they also have the contract of um, Reggie Bullock, which is going to be, you know, an expiring this upcoming year. Um, they have the contract of Maxi Kleber. You know, Dwight Powell is going to be a free agent. There's some rumors with him. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, added layers to this. And the Mavericks have a lot of centers on the on the roster. They still technically haven't had um or haven't made rather the you know trade on draft night where they took back Rashawn Holmes contract and um also uh, you know were able to accrue the uh, 24th pick from the Kings in the process uh by virtue of you know taking that salary hit um they still haven't made that trade official but because of some sort of um I I believe because they hold the rights to Olivier Maxence Prosper, they were able to bring him in and still have that introductory press conference. But Rashawn Holmes is not officially a Maverick. And of course, with this recent DeAndre Ayton rumor, uh, it kind of bodes credence to the fact that he could still potentially be on the move. Uh, the Mavericks may open this up with the, this deal with the Kings here to be more of a three or four team deal, uh, be more of a, you know, a deal where they can consolidate uh, some of their, that salary that they just got back with Holmes. Um, elsewhere because if they take him back right now uh, you know they they can't trade him in aggregate with other players until a certain date so it, you know it makes his contract a little less tradable you know you just kind of have 12 million of raw salary I believe it is after his trade kicker or something like that um, well the, the Kings are paying the trade kicker but it's on Mavericks salary cap sheet so um, I believe you know it's it's valued at about 12.4 his contract right now for this upcoming season so you know, they would have to trade him solo until I believe a certain date. I, I can't remember if that's sometime next season or over the off season, just kind of depending on where they got him. But, you know, that would definitely hinder some of the moves they, they could make in the time being. So uh, that's obviously an interesting dynamic that we'll go over. And of course, the DeAndre Ayton saga, uh, the, you know, the Mavericks were 
rumored to have offered Tim Hardaway Jr., JaVale McGee, and Rashawn Holmes uh, for DeAndre Ayton. They did not, or Mark Stein, rather, who reported this earlier today on June 27th as we're speaking here. He did not preface if there was any other, you know, out, you know, outlying picks going out. I mean, I think the Mavericks have like their 20, 30 second round pick right now to offer maybe some pick swaps, but barring that, they're you're kind of just looking at their, you know, that that main coveted asset that they have is the 2027 first round pick, which is still kind of a ways away. So um they it didn't mention that there would be uh, any pick compensation going to Phoenix in that trade. So it adds a interesting dynamic there. But uh, you know, at the same time, Mark Stein may have just not mentioned that. So, you know, we're going to cover that rumor with a grain of salt, but it's definitely the biggest rumor, you know, involving the team as of right now. And supposedly the Suns turned it down, turned it down. And, you know, they're sort of revitalizing their commitment with DeAndre Ayton and he's ready to move, you know, full fledged forward with this new roster. But it, you know, around this time of year, there's a lot of smoke screens. There's a lot of uh, power plays trying to you know jack guys value up to to be what it's not and you know after DeAndre Ayton has you know, kind of struggled in the playoffs the last two years um and it been a really good regular season player but had these sort of dry spells where certain aspects of his offensive and defensive game completely leave him it's going to be an interesting uh dynamic to see if he actually does end up getting moved at all this offseason this is just a smoke screen um by you know Matashiba and and James Jones up in there in that front office. So um, it, it's going to be interesting to see. We'll also cover, you know, some rumors regarding Kyle Kuzma, um, you know, Grant Williams, um, a, a bunch of other dudes that, you know, we can, that the Mavericks name has kind of been tossed around, Tobias Harris, um, a, a few wings in free agency, some guys the Mavericks can maybe get with the MLE, like a, like a, a Bruce Brown potentially. Um, so it, it'll be, uh, a very fun podcast in terms of spinning the rumor mill. Uh, a lot to divulge into, especially with free agency a few days away. We'll have a lot of these sort of podcasts. I wouldn't be surprised if we have something like this uh, sort of every day, but hopefully just a little bit more structure, uh, structured uh, in the next couple. You know, this this one's just sort of an update of sorts, especially with, you know, the draft coinciding with free agency. It's been really hectic in terms of the content we've been trying to get out the fa- last few days, but, you know, still definitely feel poised and, and good about it for sure, especially uh, even with this one, and even though it's a little bit more, you know, unscripted and what have you. But before we get into it and talk about all these fun and exciting rumors, here's an ad from our sponsor, Spotify for Podcasters. All right, Jaron. So there's obviously been a lot of rumors in the rumor mill uh, spinning over this last week or so for the Mavericks. Uh, they've been connected to a lot of different targets that they would, you know, subsequently either probably go after with their mid-level exception that they're poised to have um and there's a few guys that have been sort of tossed around in trades um i guess we'll just start um by asking what is your favorite name on you know this sort of not i guess list but the that's been kind of tossed around the rumor mill the last two weeks um in terms of their fit with the mavericks not just from a you know on-court perspective but you know as well as how the financial aspect and you know, if it, if it's a trade, you know how much outgoing value there is um, as well. Who would you probably say um, is your favorite n- name amongst all these guys? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, to me, there's only one obvious answer. Uh, you know, I know I haven't voiced like my favorite guys outside of the Mavericks a whole lot uh, on this podcast, but you know, one of those guys to me is Bruce Brown, and always has been for the last three or four years. I would say, um, you know, I think he's just a guy that's so versatile in what he can do. 
uh, what he can bring to the team. And, you know, we we saw this past season with Denver, uh, him become a more playmaking, more of a, a point guard approach, uh, you know, defensive point guard, um, becoming, you know, I guess flourishing into that because we didn't know that he could be that uh, coming in the NBA. And then, of course, with his time in Brooklyn, uh, he kind of played like a pseudo three through five, uh, just kind of depending on whatever they asked of him. So, you know, he, he's very versatile in what he could be. Now, of course, if he came to Dallas, he would have to sign for that taxpayer MLE, which is $12.4 million. Just the regular um, mid-level. The, the, the regular, yeah, regular, my bad. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with that, uh, his role, I think, would be much more of a sort of wing conducive role. I think that we would see him uh, probably start day one. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously, I think that he would be sort of our three guy uh, behind Luca and behind Kyrie. Um, and I think that, you know, he his ability to attack the basket, we saw it in the NBA Finals, his ability to attack the basket would be pretty much – third best on the team automatically, maybe behind Josh Green. Uh, I guess it just kind of depends. Uh, maybe it depends on Jaden too. Yeah, Jaden Hardy. Yeah, too. I mean, there's there's some arguments there that you can make. But, uh, I mean, instantly he would become probably the third best the third best um, player on this team, uh, assuming, you know, everything sort of rounds out as is. But, yeah, I mean, to me, that's the guy that sticks out the most, especially championship pedigree now. Uh, he played a key role on that Denver run. Uh, and, you know, to me, I think that that's – I guess like value that you just can't pass up. Uh, you know, he's going to be asking for a payday. Uh, what did he make? I think it was 6.2. Yes. Uh, this past season. Mid-level this past yeah. season. Yeah. This past yeah. season. So, you know, he's going to be asking for a payday and I don't know if it would be quite a pay cut by any means. If he came to Dallas, I think, you know, 12.4 using that red regular taxpayer would be probably more than, you know, what I think he would get anywhere else. So I, I you know, I think Dallas is probably maybe not in the front runner spot, but I think it's definitely one of the locations that uh is probably talked about more so than others. So I, you know, I don't think it's outside of the or a dark shot, uh, you know, that we could get Bruce Brown. You know, I, I know the rumors have been speculating and floating around this past week. And, you know, for a while there it seemed like they were very hot, which, you know, we'll see three days from now if they do come true. But uh to me, you know, Bruce Brown is probably my top guy. Yeah. And in terms of the role that he would play defensively, because you know, he, he is a sort of guard, but obviously uh, this is a guy who's kind of dynamic and he can do a few different things on offense. You know, you can kind of run uh, you can run him in the short role and he can he's a really good distributor out of that. But I mean, he's also just a decent playmaker. He doesn't have the craziest handle in the world, but he's, he's just very savvy at um, attacking closeouts. And, uh, you know, he he's improved his shooting a lot since he came into the league. He's a pretty reliable three point shooter now uh, for a guy that I think at one point in his career, if I'm not. Uh, mistaken was like sub 30 percent and you know he's, he's yeah. fairly reliable on a championship team so he, he's in great shape he's definitely like one of those dudes that you looked at and you know he's like you know he could transfer his his basketball you know athleticism and potential over to you know another sport if he wanted to he he almost looks like he could be a bodybuilder but uh, I mean you know definitely that that bolsters your defense quite a bit if you're to add a guy like that what do you think that his role defensively would be? Do you think that he, you know, despite Luca and potentially even Kyrie being in the lineup and, you know, all those guards, uh, they don't necessarily have a, a point of attack defender. Um, you, you would think that the the Mavericks would round out the other two spots in the lineup with probably a, a bigger wing to be able to defend uh, some guys and then a rim protector. But, you know, who knows? Um, I'm just trying to sort of tentatively project what a lineup would look like here. Uh, do you think that he would, you know, be relegated to having to guard 
uh, you know, some of these bigger wings because of Luca or Kyrie in the lineup? Or do you think that, you know, depending on the matchup, he would still probably be the primary point of attack defender and the Mavericks would probably, you know, not, you know, in Kyrie's instance, probably match him up with maybe the, you know, third or fourth kind of non-threat in terms of, uh, you know, guys on the starting lineup that are a little bit more one-dimensional on offense and, you know, in Lucas' case, they'll probably put him on, you know, the worst, you know, opposing offensive player. Do you think that they w- would try to work something out like that? Or do you think that uh, Bruce Brown's, you know, defensive intangibles may uh, kind of, you know, fall off a little, you know, from the standpoint that he he would, if they're playing him strictly kind of as a three, he would have to guard guard up a little bit and it would be a little tougher. No, I think uh, day one, even with Kyrie and Luca in the lineup, I still think he's probably going to be the main point of attack ball handler or ball defender, sorry, um, and probably guard you know the likes of Steph Curry and Damian Lillard. In my opinion, um, I think that that would move Kyrie to more of a two guy, um, not offensively, of course, but you know defensively, and then of course that moves Luca interchangeable probably with the three or four just depending You're on right. the matchup. Um, and, and I think that probably on paper looks best to me it, to me. Um, I, you know, still, I think if we get Bruce Brown, he's probably automatically the best defender on this team, you know, not saying, you know, Josh Green or any of those guys are bad defenders by any means, but I think that that instantly moves, uh, Josh Green to the bench and probably Bruce Brown starting. Uh, so that, that's why, you know, I think, you know, day one, he'd come in, be the main ball handler or me, the, uh, sorry, be the main ball defender. Um, and guard, you know, those top guys, uh, who, who mainly, you know, dribble the ball the most. So, you know, I think. It would be a little weird because I know Kyrie throughout his career has always been that. Um, I don't think he's really ever had to be that sort of off guy. Maybe a few times. Uh, I'm uh, in Boston for sure. Boston, yeah. I was like maybe in Boston. Marcus Smart. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess with Marcus Smart, yeah, great point. Um, but yeah, I mean, outside of that, I don't really think that Kyrie's had to do that a whole lot in his career. So I think it'd be a little weird. I mean, Kyrie played um, with Bruce Brown, but I he mean, did. he was in it, like it, like very his young. Role was but, a little different. Yeah, he yeah, it, yeah. I was starting. in Brooklyn. But as much yeah, i mean i i just think it would be interesting um but yeah i think bruce brown would probably become uh the main point of attack ball defender and uh yeah that would instantly vault you know Kyrie to the two and uh you know hypothetically luca to the three yeah no i i would tend to agree with you so that's why i would shoot down some of the worries if anybody you know was uh hesitant about trying to add him to the roster uh because of you know his height or you know, him not being as long or rangy as some of these other wings. I mean, he would definitely step in, you know, provide a, a new sense of tertiary ball handling to where I think the Mavericks would officially probably not need ball handling on their roster. I mean, he's a he's a pretty solid playmaker, uh, especially, you know, out of double teams, out of the short roll, um, a great ball mover. He he would definitely uh, bolster this team in many ways in, in a lot of areas that they need. Uh, the only issue with him is maybe that he's not the biggest need uh, compared to some of these other guys, they feel, I, I would say, a higher position of need. But I, I do think that in, in terms of the you know championship pedigree, um, you know, the defensive intangibles and, and just how good he is uh, for all the guys that are projected in that mid-level range, he's definitely um, probably at the top, probably like one of my favorite, if not my favorite guy that I would like the Mavericks to go after. Now, that being said, Obviously, these are all rumors, so we kind of got to take them with a grain of salt. We don't know what Bruce Mount, Bruce Brown's actually going to get on the open market, uh, especially with the you know the CBA rising. Um, 
you know, contracts are going to continue to and continue to get even bigger, especially with these TV deals and what have you, um, you know, subsequently increasing every year, ratings going up, stuff like that. So um, do you think that he would command more uh, than that mid-level exception after, you know, coming off a championship season, which he was a pretty integral part of that, that nugget squad. Do you think he's really ready to cash in for uh, a huge, huge payday or could you see the, you know, I mean, I feel like he's the type guy also, if he was to get the MLE, he would get like the absolute full MLE uh, where it increases every year based on the cap to where, you know, he'd be making like 12, some 12, some odd, you know, million dollars this year. And then going forward, like 13, 14, probably like maybe even 15 the last year of that contract, it's crazy to think that the MLE will be a, you know, $15 million exception in a few years. But I mean, <laughs> oh, I mean, when like literally a few years ago, that was, um, basically right under star money but yeah. it's just uh it's it's crazy how the the league is evolving so fast and it's a it's a great deal but um you know start to get off topic but i mean do, do you think that he, he would command more money than the mavericks could offer or do you think in a sort of weaker free agency class where there aren't as many buyers maybe as usual that he, he would be a guy that maybe slipped through the cracks and didn't get as big of a contract as um as some people may think, or, or do you just think that he's not even worth more than the MLE? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think, uh, I, I think he probably falls under the category of, uh, you know, probably getting a payday. I mean, he's 26 at this point. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how much better he can get throughout his career. Uh, and, and again, you know, we say that every or not say that every year about him, but we've said that before about him and, you know, he progresses. Honestly, uh, didn't know he's that young. I thought he was a little older to be honest. No, yeah, he's 26. I think he was drafted in 2018, if I believe. Uh, or if I'm correct, but yeah, I mean, getting back to the point, you know, I think he probably falls under the category of getting a bigger payday. Um, I'm not opposed to the sort of ascending contract uh, with that taxpayer sort of uh, know, the regular mid-level. Yeah. Like I, I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to that. Um, but, you know, I, I still think, uh, you know, he's probably going to get it worth a payday. I don't really think he falls through the ca- cracks. I don't think he really, uh, you know, gets what he got last year i guess if that makes any sense you know last year i think he probably fell through the cracks he i think he got that 6.2 or whatever it was like i said uh and you know i I don't see that happening this year i think he's probably going to be one of the more uh sought out sort of free agents in this you know sort of weak class Uh, although it's becoming quite strong through the days although it it is more of a trade heavy um sort of news or rumor mill i I guess i should say um but yeah you know i think you know He's probably going to be one of the very few guys that highlights a, a pretty weak uh, free agency class, in my opinion. So I think that he's going to get quite a big payday. Um, and yeah, I mean, as you keep saying, uh, with the uh, the mid-level uh, exception, I think he'll probably get quite a bit of money with that. Yeah, so so you do think that he is going to go what, with what the Mavericks can offer is what I'm essentially asking. Or do you think that I, I think he's going to command more money? Uh, yeah, as long as that contract's ascending and, you know, I could see him warranting more. I, I just don't know what team has that. Uh, I mean, that's a contending and not maybe not contending team, but that's a playoff worthy team. I really don't see a whole lot of teams that have that. Right. Sacramento, maybe. I mean, um, obviously, like the Houston's, the Detroit's, the San Antonio's. It would be interesting to see if he, you know, if they want to get a guy that's coming off a championship, one of those younger rosters to sort of, you know, sort of spearhead their um their organization and from a leadership perspective you know just kind of in the locker room and stuff he's a good good guy for that and 
it would be interesting to see if, you know, some, one of those younger franchises that's, you know, been tanking for a couple years and is kind of dead in the water, wants to bring in a sort of championship pedigree a little bit and, and is willing to overpay. And, you know, it, maybe it's just such an, such an egregious amount of money for Bruce Brown. Like, you know, say like somebody comes in, offers him anywhere really in the range of 17 to 20 million, which I could see him getting at the very high end of things. Um, you know, I, I could definitely be, you know, see him saying to himself that, you know, he's in the the midst of probably the best payday he might get in his career. He's 26. Um, he, he's got to cash in, even if it's, you know, a sort of a drastic shakeup from, you know, winning a championship in Denver. So uh, it, it'll be interesting. It, it, I think it'll a lot of it's just going to depend on what he's prioritizing as well. Um, but if I had to guess, uh, I'd honestly say the most likely outcome, you know, just given that, you know, they literally just won a championship and the post parade and everything was is probably going to be for him to resign with Denver. If I had to guess, I just don't know if Denver has the money to. Um, I mean, all signs, I guess, national media wise, are pointing towards him leaving. But I mean, again, you know, he could, he could, uh, I guess, you know, pull not a reverse uno because he did say he was going to come back. But uh, I mean, he could sort of defy the eyes of national media and come back on that sort of smaller deal. I guess it would be. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, Denver could run it back fully. So he's definitely an integral part of that championship. And, uh, if they do end up losing him, it would be probably pretty, you know, devastating on their department. So, you know, I think, uh, whatever he does get, he'll probably get paid unless if he returns, I, I don't quite know. I know that I think that you're looking that up, but I don't quite know what Denver's cap sheets looking like or what their potential, um, you know, whether it's a taxpayer, or whether it's a mid-level, I'm not quite sure, but, um, yeah, I think in my opinion, if he wants to go get money, he's probably going to go somewhere else. Yeah, and the reason that I even hinted or, or said that I think personally he's likely to be back with Denver is because I do think that um, they're really going to prioritize him. I mean, he's a very integral part of their rotation. I, I could see them making some moves around the margins um, to you know potentially um, you know maybe get under the you know the first apron, try to you know if they have the mid level open up, see if they can do that. <clears throat> But I don't quite know uh, what sort of cap gymnastics they would have to do um, to to be able to, you know, do that. And, you know, I'm also kind of going off at the post-championship parade when, um, you know, he, I think maybe Michael Malone or somebody, and I, I, could, I could be totally botching this, but I, I could have sworn that Bruce Brown was like one of the guys that was like, yeah, let's run it back or something like that. I think he was more so awkwardly smiling while uh, Malone was, you know, chanting that, so. Oh, really? That's what I more so saw. But Oh, okay. I, I haven't watched that video in quite some time. I just remember it seeing it pop up <laughs> on the page. So I, I didn't take take it into account fully. So I, I guess I'd have to go review that to, you know, give my proper I could be wrong in but... terms of the validity on everything. Yeah, I, I just don't have I have sort of a faint memory of it. But uh as currently stands, the most the uh, Nuggets could offer him is um, I believe going to be the taxpayer mid-level exception since he opted out of that player option. They don't retain his full bird his full bird rights. Um, so I think that they could give him seven point eight million uh per year as of right now. Um, you know, they could probably make that contract ascend a little bit, but uh that's the the best that they can they can pull out right now. And obviously, you know, the Mavericks, a handful of other teams with the mid-level exception can offer a little bit more now. It'll be interesting just kind of see what what Bruce Brown you know prioritizes. There's really not been a whole lot of smoke on on his front other than you know saying that all these different teams are interested. Uh, there definitely hasn't been any 
you know, rumors as to what Bruce Brown is interested in, I, you know, is, is something I've noticed. So uh, I could see this being a situation where the Nuggets are able to, you know, maybe yeah. make a few trades, figure some stuff out. I would honestly have to go like revisit the cap sheet entirely because um, I, I, after the draft, you know, I, I know they did a few things. So I, I don't know exactly um, how it's going to work, but, you know, I, I, Definitely, you know, don't think, you know, having watched the draft, obviously, uh, they didn't do any cap gymnastics that ESPN was talking about um, in terms of being like, oh, now they can, you know, they have enough money to re-sign Bruce Brown or, you know, Woj would have said something like that. And that, that they, also happen, drafted, so. they also drafted some guys that are, you know, similarly kind of built to Bruce Brown. Not saying yeah, they're they, they be could Bruce be Brown, trying but, to get assurance yeah. from that standpoint. Yeah, because they did, they did get a few... Uh, I think Jalen Pickett was a guy um, yeah. who kind of has a similar build. Yeah, and they got a few point of attack uh, sort of ball handlers and uh, and guys that, you know, can uh, defend uh, ones and twos and stuff like that. So um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what him and the Nuggets prioritize. But, um, you know, despite my sort of preconceived notions uh, of, of guys wanting to come back to a championship team and that team, you know, sort of – doing whatever they can to cater that at least guys that are integral parts of the team uh you know something we've seen through the warriors without the years at least at least in the direct year right after a championship not necessarily um in the in-between years like where where we just kind of saw with jordan Poole who just left um it would be interesting to see if they they retain him or not but you know because of them going all the way and you know literally winning the championship I do. I'm not just going to blow that off and say that has no credence to it, uh, in terms of how they may try to, uh, you know, potentially get under, um, you know, paying the tax, uh, being able to offer them the mid level exception. But in, uh, you know, they got a very stout, um, and, and very synchronized sort of team right now. So, um, it, it'll be interesting to see like who all they would have to, you know, whose contract they could get off, stuff like that. It would, it would definitely, I don't, I don't think, would be a, an easy maneuver, uh, to say the least. So I'm very intrigued. I think just strictly because of money, um, he's going to be poised to be on the open market. Now, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, I guess, throughout, you know, the one of, the one of three sort of options. Uh, you know, one being Denver works something out to where he can come back. Uh, two being, you know, he signs somewhere like Dallas or maybe with another you know, contender or at least not even contender, but playoff team that can offer him the mid-level exception that isn't, you know, too hard struck by the cap. Or, you know, lastly, he goes and takes more money from a bad team, but, you know, gets the ultimate payday of his career. So uh, I would obviously love him in Dallas for all the reasons we listed, but it it's only time will tell, of course, uh, just like all these guys, Jaron. Jaron, who else um, has been kind of in the rumor mill, um, with with the Mavericks, you know, of course, associated with the Mavericks specifically uh, over the last maybe 72 hours to the last week um, that, that you sort of highly covet and you think would be uh, a good fit on this team. And obviously there's been kind of a lot of stuff spinning around. If you can uh, try to recite the the report or who reported, um, you know, this interest just for, you know, a credibility aspect. Um, the, the Bruce Brown rumor, if I remember co- correctly, um, may have come from 
Mark Stein, if I not, maybe Stein. Yeah, yeah, maybe another guy at the athletic, but it was essentially just saying the Mavericks had interest in him. It, it wasn't saying anything crazy. Um, but yeah, what what other guys, what other reports do you have for us? Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, the obvious Grant Williams, uh, this seems like it's kind of fizzled out. Uh, but Grant Williams, of course, sticks out to me. Um, DeAndre Ayton, that was kind of a whole sort of debacle over the last two days. You know, we'll see if anything. I, think it's still, of, I mean, it's been kind of the talking point of Mavericks Twitter today. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Over the last two days, it definitely has. And it's probably going to trickle into tomorrow and, you know, maybe even through the 30th. Uh, I don't quite remember. I think it was ESPN who kind of, you know, laid out the the trade package of uh, JaVale McGee, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Rashawn Holmes. It was it was and... Mark Stein that officially reported that the Mavericks. Oh, it was Mark Stein? Okay. Yeah. So I, I think half offered... these are Mark Stein and Jake Fisher. I think that half these are, because I feel like Grant Williams is Jake Fisher. Um, I yeah. could be wrong, but I think, you know, half of these sort of rumors are probably under those two guys. But, yeah, I mean, you have that. Uh, of course, DeAndre Ayton, as I just mentioned, you know, as you said, by Mark Stein or per Mark Stein. Um, you know, there's a couple that are kind of slipping out right now. But uh, just more of the more notable maybe not trade trade assets, but more than more notable free agencies. Uh, Harrison Barnes, I actually have no idea who reported that. I don't know if you know who that was. Uh, I know that might be even more of a fan sort of thing. No, um, I, I know it wasn't as credible of a reporter. I want to say like it, it might have been some guy over at the ringer or the athletic, but I yes, yeah. that is a rumor that had resurfaced that the Mavericks would have a potential in, interest in, you know, a sort of reunion with Harrison Barnes. So. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, more so recently today, uh, Norman Powell uh, not becoming available, but available via trade. And again, I think that this one, I think this one was strictly yeah. uh, more Twitter sphere, more fan sphere. I think that that's kind yeah, of there, there was no, nothing linking him to Dallas. Yeah. Uh, just hey, yeah. you know, it was more just saying that he, he could yeah, he was available to be dealt. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, outside of that, um, you Tobias know, Harris. Really, yeah, I guess Tobias Harris, yeah, that was one that was, you know, for about four hours. Uh, I, I think the Mavs did throw out a package. I think that was Mark Stein that reported that, uh, if I'm not it, wrong. No, I, don't, I didn't know that. Did he talk about the construct of the package? I, I don't believe I ever heard I, I don't, sort of proposed deal on that. I if I, I might be blinking on it. There's just so many. I, I won't lie. This is like the first year in Mavs history, Not not literally, but – this is like the first time in a very long time that the maps have been linked to so many sort of rumors. Um, they've been making a lot of different things public, which, you know, yeah. either sort of gives me the inclination that these could be a bunch of different smoke screens they're trying to sort of throw out here. Um, and, you know, only one of them happens or they just do something else entirely or, yeah. um, you know, they, they actually, you know, are operating under a, a new sort of light in, in this front office where, you know they they act like a normal team and they're not, um and they're they're not sort of being held back with chains and, uh you know threatened of their job security if and if any of them leak any news to the media because I know I knew for a long time, uh Mark Cuban definitely kind of had a zero tolerance policy for, uh that you know news leak. getting leaked as you know as as yeah. frequently as it would you know until something actually happened so, uh maybe yeah, I mean, he's he's adopted a new sort of policy there just given that the nba is becoming so modernized and literally everybody's rumors are out there but yeah i mean it, it's definitely weird I, I would say from a mavericks fan perspective to have all these different rumors um so many in fact that you you can't even really get necessarily get a good read on what the franchise is is going to do this summer maybe like you know some other summers yeah absolutely and uh i mean just to throw out one other name that i know that actually has been 
or I guess like some real smoke too is uh Dylan Brooks. So oh yes, I, mean, I completely forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, that, that one I just thought about. So yeah, I, I don't yeah. know who reported that one though. No, yeah, I, I can't I don't even know if I mentioned it in the intro or not, but um, you know, Dylan Brooks, obviously Bruce Brown, Grant Williams, those are definitely the the three sort of mid-level exception uh kind of tier guys. And then outside of that, you know, Tobias and of course DeAndre Aiden, those would obviously have to be, you know, things that are that are worked out sort of through a trade. Um yeah. you know, and, and oh, I mean you can add Harrison Barnes, of course, the mid-level exception guys too. Um he obviously cashed in with the Mavericks a few summers ago as well as you know recently with the Kings, but just given his age and stuff, um, not that he's past his prime, but he's he's definitely you know, I believe he's on the wrong side of 30 now. And yeah, um, he's 30 or 30. He's only got maybe like two more years of of really good Harrison Barnes, maybe two, three more years before he, he could potentially start fizzling out. So I could definitely see him only commanding mid-level exception money. Um, so that's going to be an interesting situation to, to monitor as well. But, you know, outside of that, other guys, um, that we really haven't talked about, or the Mavericks haven't been linked to would probably either have to, you know, just be something that happens via trade or via sign and trade, or, you know, even with a straight up level free, you know, a straight free agent level signing. Uh, but, you know, seeing if there's even other guys that are going to become available that, you know, you can't really even pencil into resign in this free agent class that the Mavericks can afford that also kind of fit a positional need is, is kind of a tough ask. And we'll definitely yeah. go through a whole free agency big board before, you know, everything starts probably do that podcast either in the next day or two um, and, and really dive into the intricacies of every little thing. Um, you know, but for now, just on, you know, the sort of basis that we're operating under just looking at all these different rumors um, it, it's really hard to, you know, diagnose and, and, you know, sort of prospect uh, other guys that haven't even really been linked to the Mavericks. Um, but we will definitely open up the the toolbox a little bit more um, in the next podcast with, you know, some of the stuff we talk about. Um, we can talk about the other guys, of course, uh, and how they'd fit, you know, with the Mavericks, you know, all the guys that we sort of talked about um, that could potentially be fits with that mid-level exception that the Mavericks have valued at about, um, I believe $12.4 million. Yeah, 12.4. Um, so we can get into those, but first, you know, let's let's hash out what the people want to hear. Um, you know, we we can touch a little bit on the Tobias Harris fit aspect, but there wasn't any reported uh structurized deal between the Mavericks or Philly or you know, any rumors that they were actually talking. I, I just know the Mavericks had interest in him. So we we can, you know, talk about his fit a little bit, but the the big dog of the day is DeAndre Ayton. That's who, you know, everybody's been coveting ever since Mark Stein reported that a couple days ago, uh, the Mavericks tried to, um, I, I believe, open this thing up to a, a three-team deal uh, between them, the Sacramento Kings, and the Phoenix Suns. Now, of course, the the sort of construct of this deal, um, you know, would be, you know, a Essentially, Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, JaVale McGee, and Rashawn Holmes uh, being sent to Phoenix. Um, and the trade that the Mavericks and the Kings uh, that, you know, that they already have sort of still being in place other than the fact that, you know, Rashawn Holmes is uh, being segued to, to Phoenix. Um, 
And, you know, to do that, the reason that there would need to be a third team is because if Rashawn Holmes, um, you know, and Olivier Maxence prosper, um, it, when once that trade is made official, the Mavericks can't trade Rashawn Holmes in aggregate with another player for a certain amount of days. I don't know exactly how long that is, but they can only trade him by himself, essentially, uh, which obviously makes his his contract a little, um, you know, less valuable, um, a little harder to move. So, you know, given those options, um, what do you think about the proposed deal that the Suns ended up denying because they did not want to take back JaVale McGee's money um, per Mark Stein? That was the reason that uh, talks sort of fell apart. And then they, you know, subsequently then uh, shortly thereafter kind of recommitted to DeAndre Ayton. They've recommitted to DeAndre Ayton a few times, uh, it seems almost, but Apparently this one's going to be the one that does it. So uh, we'll, we'll see, even though he doesn't, he looks perpetually unhappy in Phoenix. Um, but is there a pathway um, to where the Mavericks could still work things out? And, you know, as Mark Stein mentioned, there, there still is potential for talks to resurface, even though they haven't yet, uh, you know, maybe Phoenix is, you know, kind of trying to gauge the value of Aiton or even more so just, you know, trying to uh, put some, you know, smoke in the water, uh, try to bolster his value uh, on the open market a little bit more than it is. Is there a deal to be done for the Mavericks and the Suns here? Uh, will it end up materializing between the two? Do you think talks will resurface? And, um, you know, after that, we can get into the fit of DeAndre and even a little bit more if you want to. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's still the potential to uh, for a deal to get done. Um, a very intricate deal uh, to be noted. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things that have to be put in place either beforehand or afterhand uh, to make this deal, you know, even better than not what it would be, uh, but just to make it better in nature. Um, you know, I, firstly, I, I do know that if the Mavericks, you know, I know that the Suns didn't want JaVale. Uh, and in doing so, if the Mavericks didn't offer JaVale, uh, there'd have to be some very, I guess, intricate contract workarounds uh, with JaVale and or Reggie Bullock. Um, to kind of have the I, I'm trying to like piece this together because the, the wherewithal um, yeah the where yeah the wherewithal to and also to keep that mid-level uh, ta- yeah. uh that mid-level exception so um the thing is is you know if the Mavericks do trade for uh DeAndre Ayton with that Tim Hardaway Jr. and that uh, Rashawn Holmes package the Mavericks would essentially lose out on their tax on their uh mid-level exception um, which is 12.4, which we have said before, but they would with essentially a, with a few exceptions. that. Yeah, and then they would, yeah, have two exceptions. In no, no, I was gonna, I, not not like that. I would say with a few exceptions, they could still retain the mid-level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's that's what I was trying to like yeah. piece it together. This is very hard to, because there's so yeah. many things that have to go right or have to happen for yeah, that I mean, to happen. I, but, I can explain it for you, you know, a little bit. Yeah, you go right ahead because this is a lot, so. Okay, yeah, because I just read the CBA Mavs article, Mavs Moneyball, that a lot of you guys have probably seen about, how this situation uh, would potentially end up going. And, you know, if, if DeAndre Aiden was to be, you know, traded to the Dallas Mavericks, be the starting center come media day and, you know, all, all the glory with it, it obviously is going to take its fair share of complications under, you know, the basis of the Suns not wanting to take back uh, JaVale McGee. Right. And there's a couple different ways the Mavericks could do this deal. Um, you know, I think probably, you know, ironically, you know, adding a fourth team into a trade is never easy. 
Um, but this might be the easiest way, uh, maybe in, in terms of how the Mavericks are viewing things um, to, to kind of get things done here. And that would be to add that, add a fourth team to that deal. And I, I don't know what would have to go to that fourth team. You know, if they'd be shedding salary, it would probably, you know, add another layer of complexity to the trade. Um, I, I don't know if the Mavericks would have to give up something else. It, it would be an interesting dynamic. But if if somehow another fourth uh, another team was willing to jump in, um, you know maybe take back a salary or you know take back a picker, or, or you know absorb obviously Javale McGee that you know, is essentially what they would be doing. But I'm more so you know talking about what they would also be benefiting from. I don't I don't really know in that instance. Um, if a fourth team were to hop in and take back Javale McGee and the Mavericks didn't take on any additional incoming salary, they could still um, facilitate that deal and, and have full use of their uh, mid-level exception, right? If uh, the Mavericks, you know, were to opt for the Rashawn Holmes, Tim Hardaway Jr. deal, and they concede, you know, they say, all right, Phoenix, Matt Ashiba, we're not going to include you in the deal. You know, this is the, the construct of the deal. No picks, though. This is what it is. Uh, at that point, it becomes a lot more complex in terms of being able to still get the, you know, the Mavericks – you know, use of that mid-level exception. Um, you also have to start taking into account the the biannual exception. Now, depending on where the Mavericks um, end up, uh, you know, landing with their cap space uh, in regards to Kyrie signing a max contract or signing slightly under the max, they could have full use of their full biannual exception as well as their, you know, full mid-level exception, something that, they have not had since I believe the uh, 2020 off season, if I'm not mistaken, or would it be the 2021 off season? I, I believe the uh, um, it was, it would be the 2021 off season because that's when they used the full mid-level exception on Reggie Bullock. I, I was just getting the years mixed up, but um, so I guess it only has been one year, but uh, it definitely feels like the years that they've even had the leniency to operate with that has been few and far between despite their their main um you know <laughs> currency of exchange with players essentially being free agency uh which is malpractice in itself but we can reserve that for you know a a, a gloomier day so um essentially though you know to get back on track the Mavericks would have to stretch and wave uh one of JaVale McGee or Reggie Bullock to be able to open up the room to access even part of their biannual exception, but more importantly, uh, the full uh, mid-level exception. And Kyrie would definitely have to take a slight pay cut for the Mavericks to be able to um, access the um, mid-level exception as well as any part of the biannual exception in both of those instances if the Mavericks were to stretch and wave one of Reggie Bullock or JaVale McGee. Now, I, it, it does sound very complex, but essentially – uh, if the Mavericks didn't give up JaVale McGee in the trade, they would need to stretch and wave one of JaVale McGee or Reggie Bullock. And then Kyrie would need to take a little bit of a pay cut. Um, now, now barring that there are, there are some, you know, uh, other intricacies and uh, in situations that, you know, they can maybe pull off and there's certain situations where they could get the mid-level, but not the biannual. Um, but at the end of the day, um, it is a, a pretty rigid sort of, uh, you know, cap sheet that they're looking at here. Um, and, you know, stretching and waving a guys as, as 
easy as it seems to, you know, be on paper, that is money that you do have to commit to over multiple years that sometimes can, can kind of be a pain in the ass. Um, and in the Mavericks instances, you know, I, I don't think that they would be, you know, too egregious of contracts to where they couldn't manage them or anything like that. Um, but you know, it's just a lot of moving parts also relying on Kyrie to resign and you can't get anything back for those guys in trades. Of course, um, you know, they, they just become dead weight ready to get claimed by another team. So it, it's definitely not the most equitable option. It's definitely not the most cost-effective option, but yes, the Mavericks can sign, they, they can trade for DeAndre Ayton and still retain the mid-level exception, uh, only giving up Rashawn Holmes and Tim Hardaway Jr. It's just a, a lot of different gymnastics to get there, um, you know, with the cap, and it, it does limit some of the other things they can do as well uh, in terms of maybe getting the biannual exception. And, you know, seeing Kyrie take a pay cut would, would be fairly shocking. And I think the Mavericks are poised to offer him the max, but that's going to be a conversation for honestly another podcast that we'll have probably in the next day or two. So given all of that, Jaron, uh, given uh, just how I think volatile the, the sort of prospect of even adding DeAndre Ayton is um, based, you know, simply off his inconsistency in his career, um, there's been times where he looks like one of the best starting centers in the league times where he looks like, you know, he, he can't even play in a playoff series. Do you think that uh, under what circumstances do you think the Mavericks uh, should make the proposed deal that fell apart? You know, according to Mark Stein, under what circumstances should they uh, maybe take a step back and, you know, just wait for a better time or kind of remove themselves from the situation in your opinion? Yeah. I mean, I think that, uh to me, I, I just don't think right now is the right time because, again, you know, you're going to have to make all these uh, sort of gymnastic type moves to have that, uh, you know, that mid-level exception still available to you. And I think that mid-level is very coveted uh, with this Dallas Mavericks team right now. I think that they're looking, you know, to use that on a quite a bit of guys or, you know, on one guy in particular. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know getting that trade um of course cuts that out pretty much not entirely uh but you know you'd have to do some pretty um you know some pretty creative things uh to get that deal done uh but yeah i mean to me i think that this is a deal that will probably get resurfaced you know probably you know after this off season uh well into next season i could see it getting resurfaced then um and especially if a kind of improves his value around the league and uh, you know He's much more of a regular season guy than he is a playoff guy. You know, we've seen that multiple times throughout his career. Um, so, you know, I don't think that there's any debate there. But, yeah, I mean, you know, to me, I, I'm not comfortable making that trade now, especially after, you know, hearing all of that sort of gymnastic type moves that would have to be made uh, in order to make more roster moves, essentially, um, for this Mavericks team. So, you know, I'm not opposed to it by any means, because I think that uh, if you can get those deals done, and you can, for the right asking price, of course, get DeAndre Ayton. I'm not opposed to it at all. I think that he would, of course, come and start day one. Um, I think they'll probably get into fit a little bit more as we kind of talk about this. But, yeah, he would, of course, um, I just think it's more of the intricacies of working around that roster. Uh, you know, how can you fill in the wing depth? Uh, things like that. You know, the the bigger questions, or I guess not bigger questions, but more of the uh, filling in the sort of, you know, smaller spots. Uh, if you do get Aiton, those are going to be bigger questions than what they would be right now. Because right now, you know, you can get 
two different guys or you can get one guy uh, and that not alleviates the problem, but that definitely, you know, at a surface level or not even at a surface level, I don't think, but just, you know, on paper, it makes it look better. Um, and, you know, I think that might be more worth being, especially this off season. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't be opposed to them either resurfacing these, resurfacing these trade conversations uh, next season um, or for the right asking price, of course, pulling the trigger on that. So, you know, getting into fit a little bit, how, you know, in your opinion, how would DeAndre Aiden fit, uh, especially with Derek Lively, you know, his new addition um, and, you know, the Mavericks, if they did, if they did pull this uh, trade right now, uh, let's say they pull it off tomorrow or whatever, um, you know, how would you think that the roster would be built after that? And, you know, role conducive, you know, how do you think that he would play with Luca and, you know, pretty much being that starting five? Well, I mean, first I do want to preface that, you know, if the Mavericks are able to, you know, resurface conversations with Phoenix and do the aforementioned trade with JaVale McGee, you know, included to where they would still, you know, comfortably, you know, retain them their mid-level exception, I, I would be a lot more keen to it because I, I just think it's a lot of value to to not take a chance on in a guy like Aiden. And look, DeAndre Aiden has, you know, definitely been the epitome of inconsistency over the last few years, Uh, you know, like you alluded to. Um, you know, great stretches during the regular season, you know, uh, a guy that drops off during playoff time, but, you know, every once in a while he shows these flashes, stuff like that. But, you know, he obviously has the athletic toolbox, the size, um, you know, lateral quickness and, and the potential uh, to be one of the best centers in the NBA, um, performed pretty well in that 2021 NBA finals against the Bucks. There, there's a lot of promise with a guy like this. And, you know, you do see a lot of other situations across the league. Where, you know, there's there's sort of been an older center there to kind of bring a younger guy up to speed. Now, maybe that older center sort of has his, you know, spot in the rotation uh, penciled in and the, the younger guy um, taking over, you know, that that'll essentially be kind of conducive to, you know, if he's able to get better than the older guy, you know, kind of like if you look at a situation with like Okongwu and Capella. Uh, you know, that something like that um, is kind of interesting. But uh, personally, I mean, I, I think it's a, a little bit more of a dynamic situation with Aiden. You know, I think he is what, like 24. Um, yeah. he, he's been a guy that, you know, his is definitely I, w- I wouldn't say he's a locker room cancer. I wouldn't go that far. He doesn't seem like a, you know, malicious guy or anything like that towards his teammates. But he's definitely been a weird personality in the locker room has had his, you know, headbutts with Chris Paul as well as you know, former head coach Monty Williams, um, you know, he's now, of course, the head coach for the Pistons. Um, so there are obviously uh, a lot of different things that you may have to sift through uh, when you're bringing a guy like this on, uh, especially with a guy that's, you know, as high character, has as high of charisma as a Derek Lively does. You know, would Aiton be looking at this as more of a mentorship opportunity to, to get Lively better? Or, you know, is Aiden looking at this purely from a competition standpoint, you know, almost feeling disrespected that he got traded to a team uh, that just selected a, a center in the first round of the draft, to, you know, in the lottery? Um, I, I don't know, right? You know, DeAndre Aiden is is an interesting personality. And, you know, I, I think it would definitely breed some good competition between the two, to say the least. Um, it, it would force the Mavericks to make tough decisions a few years from now that could ultimately actually pay huge dividends if 
you know, both of those guys end up playing good and they're, they're forced to move on from one of them and consolidate help to other places in the roster. Once, you know, they really just need one of them. Um, that being said though, um, you know, $30 million is a lot of money to commit to a starting center, especially one uh, who, who is no guarantee of being an all-star uh, could, you know, could potentially be this player for the rest of his career. Um, if he continues on the current trajectory he's on, um, uh, uh, you know, especially a guy that has, you know, I, I wouldn't say is non-committal to basketball, um, but his his love for the game has maybe been questioned a couple times in his career, um, as well as a guy um, that, you know, is widely regarded as one of the more inconsistent players in the league, you know, from in terms of being able to get, you know, 30 and 15, one ninth and, you know, less than 10 points and 10, 10 rebounds the next. So it, it I, I don't know you know, how much I, I like it and, and think that he's just the ultimate veteran guy to come in and bring Derek Lively up to speed. I, I don't know if I'm going to subscribe to that theory. I also, you know, I'm not going to say DeAndre Ayton's the worst human on the planet ever and would completely hinder the growth of Derek Lively because we've seen other scenarios where, you know, a center has kind of come out of uh, getting mentored by an older, you know, veteran center successfully. But Aiden is a guy just given his contract and his sort of status um, and, you know, his own sort of personal identity as a player, especially being, um, you know, in a situation in Phoenix where he probably wants more touches. He thinks there's too many mouths to feed. Um, I mean, I I think he would want to be a sort of not focal point, but a very integral part of the Mavericks future as well as their offense going forward. And it, it does create a weird sort of log jam there. Uh, with De- with Derek Lively, I'm I'm not saying that it's you know, you know, completely um, irreparable, and it it's not something that they couldn't pull off, and it still becomes successful in a couple years, and you know, at the at the aforementioned price that had been thrown out, I I think I would have to agree with the deal because I mean it's just too much value that you're receiving when you're not really giving up a whole lot. Um, you you know you completely bolster the front court depth at least on paper. Um, still have that first round pick and the middle level exception to be able to wheel and deal in terms of adding trades. Uh, I mean in terms of you know adding wings. Uh, it, it's just too good of a situation to pass up. Um, but um, you know there obviously are a ton of moving parts in the deal, and I, I'm definitely not going to say it's my first surefire preference over you know using you know the trade pieces we have currently like tim and stuff to maybe get in a bigger name wing an area where i would say there's a little bit more positional need especially defensively especially after getting lively uh, you know i, I like uh, you know olivier maxence prosper you know omax a ton uh, i also you know have some skepticism as to how high in the rotation he'll be able to play uh you know coming in as a start you know day one i don't know know, know if he's going to be able to start and stuff so I, I, you know, w- would be more inclined to use it for a wing if the package, though, like like I said, it is literally just Tim Hardaway Jr., Rashawn Holmes, and JaVale McGee. I, I can't say that I would say no. I, I just think it's too much value to refuse. But that's my whole sort of synopsis on it. I, I'm honestly kind of torn, um, but it, it's exciting because it's it's one of those things that I can talk myself into, but I can t- also talk myself out of. <laughs> I, I would say I would say that it's it's a deal that, I'd be ex- extremely excited from the the you know the optics perspective of the, you know the Mavericks bringing in Aiden. That's just an insane offseason, especially considering that if they do that, 
Um, you know, especially seeing that they've pulled out of the out of the deal. Uh, if it means not retaining that mid-level exception, um, you know, because the Suns didn't want to take back JaVale. It, it seems like that seems to be their sort of uh, directional path right now, which which I do appreciate. Um, if So if they were to do it and still retain the, the mid-level exception, I mean, I, I'd be shocked, uh, excited. But, I mean, needless to say, I, I definitely wouldn't be short of, of skepticism in terms of how this could end up being, a you know, a very bad deal in a couple of years if DeAndre Ayton's that uh you know value as a player just continually got worse there ends up being you know bad chemistry between him and lively he becomes a huge negative million you know 30 million dollar asset on your books um so i'm not saying that like i said that it's it's you know the worst thing ever but it, it there's a lot of risk involving it to say the least yeah, absolutely and uh i don't mean to you know veer from this conversation but as you know we were sp- as we were speaking, no way. Uh, Jeff Jeff Skin Wade went to Twitter and posted four for one sixty with a uh, a watch next to it. Now Mavs Twitter is going pretty crazy right now, only oh, you know, because there's it's only one wild. guy that can sign for that much, and that being Kyrie Irving. And if he were to sign for that, that would be of course forty million annually. Um, and if that did happen, I think that would free up a lot of more things. Now, well, yes, um, that, that I to keep it more to, to dive into the the cap logistics specifically. Um, but that, that indeed would probably allow, yeah, it would free up a lot more things. It, it would but, allow the ability probably for them to, you know, trade Rashawn Holmes as well as Tim Hardaway jr. And I believe still keep the mid-level exception if they were, exactly. if they were to trade for Aiden, um, exactly. that, if, so, if it's only 40 a year. So that yeah, that's, so that's interesting. I, I don't, yeah, I was about to say, I was like, I don't want this podcast to become that now, but just saying that that did just happen. And, you know, if that did become true, like you said, um, you know, that, that would, that trade, uh, essentially uh, would become a lot better. It, it, um, I don't know how like legit that is. Cause skin's been wrong in the past. He's been right in yeah, the past, yeah. but I'll say as much as that having ran the numbers a little bit in terms of what Kyrie may make, um, that is not nowhere close to his full max and his full exactly. max, he would be getting almost 60 million a year in his last, uh, year of his contract about 59 million. So that's very intriguing. Cause that, I mean, not just gives him leniency you know in this current year with the that maybe the Aiden situation some other trades they could potentially pull off but leniency for you know, uh increased leniency uh where they'll probably a little bit be a little bit more limited in cap space going forward uh the next couple of years if that were to be the case but that that's very interesting to that you pulled it out absolutely yeah I, yeah i think that you know if Kyrie were to sign for that four for 160 number uh i mean that's not reported of course it's not like I don't know how much legitimacy is, you know, in that sort of tweet. But uh, if that number were to be true, um, I would be definitely much more inclined to do that. Tim Hardaway Jr., Rashawn Holmes, straight up for DeAndre Ayton, because, again, there there is more flexibility there. Um, and, yes, you know, DeAndre Ayton is still on that egregious $30 million contract or could be egregious $30 million contract. Um, but, you know, you still have that tax. You still have the mid-level uh the mid-level uh, exception. And, I, I don't know the exact yeah. ramifications, but they might still have the the full biannual exception too in that instance. Yeah, as long as with that. Yeah, I mean because you're saving over ten million or fifteen million of what even CBA Mavs in his article, he didn't have any sort of scenario where Kyrie took a a strict kind of pay cut like that. Where, Which I don't, I don't think that he would. Uh, but I mean, again, if that is yeah, like a little pay cut where he'd maybe take yeah. anything from forty two to forty four, but forty million. 
Uh, he he didn't have penciled in, so that would that would be an interesting thing to cover. Skin Wade's obviously Absolutely. a guy that's plugged in with the Mavericks, but um, you know, it is a you know free agency, uh, pre free agency rumbling or whatever you want to call it. So just take it with a grain of salt in terms of how much that actually is, you know, slated to come into fruition. If it does come into fruition, and then we find out that the holdup on the Aiden deal was Javale McGee. And the Mavericks still would have had all their space and everything. And, you know, they they don't really do anything else that would have been better. Then I'll, I'll probably raise some hell about it. But if they can find a better outlet to improving the team or, you know, they even end up doing the eight and thing. And that's the case. And I mean, obviously, no ill will from that standpoint. But um, do you do you have any other lasting eight and thoughts? You know, maybe just if you want to, like, talk about you know, the potential of it or anything, uh, the floor is yours. Yeah. I mean, uh, outside of, yeah, there's really no thoughts that I think that I've left, but I mean, again, you know, he adds to, uh, what is sort of becoming a young core. Um, and, you know, I mean, adds not necessarily asset availability. Um, but again, you know, a, a young guy, you can plug in, of course, he'd be a starter day one. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, fit, aside uh i think that he would probably be pretty decent for us i think that you know in his career he probably is very warranted and very needed of a change of scenery um especially after last year's sort of saga um i I think that's something that he definitely wants and you know if it were to be in dallas so be it uh again you know for the right price and uh if everything were to work out right i you know i still there there does need to be moves uh needed or moves to be needed um around that wing spot and everything like that so if everything were to work out like that I you know I wouldn't be opposed to it at all so um I guess that's probably a good segue point is there you know anyone else um that you kind of want to highlight or talk about uh roll aside or even you know contract or whatever it may be um that's sort of been rumored around the Mavericks and the sort of free agency or trade rumor mill yeah I mean I think next like we can talk about you know former Maverick Harrison Barnes of course I do want to touch up on Aiton's, you know, expect, expected play style and like roll a little bit just because we talked about the contract stuff for so long, but I'll, I'll just do a quick de- debrief. I mean, if he were to come to Dallas, he he's the rim running shot blocking five you want to also adds another layer of, you know, dynamism in the post uh, to where he can, you know, get some seal offs and, you know, be an effective post player in the right position, even though I don't think the Mavericks would look to hit for him to do that a whole lot in terms of self-creation of offense. But I think maybe a little bit more than he would have the opportunity to do in Phoenix for sure, just given how many mouths to feed there are over there. Um, and, and also, you know, he, he has a good jumper really from about 18 feet out Improving that throughout the course of his career could, you know, definitely tra- change the trajectory of how good he can be. But um you know, he, he definitely could, you know, if, if everything works out for Aiden, I mean, he can be a multiple time all-star, one of the best centers in the league that can do everything on both ends, essentially, maybe except shoot threes at the moment and, uh, you know, be a sort of, you know, mid post passing threat in the same vein that, and honestly, the only, you know, in the sort of unique vein that, you know, Nikola Jokic is, there's not really any other centers in the league that can currently do that to the the degree that he does it. Aiton Aiton could be a, a poor man's Embiid, I think, if everything were to to fizzle out for him is the best way I could put it. Um, so Probably. I mean, the 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 reward aspect of that is huge, but you know, it's also um gigantic risk. So that that's that's my role 
little rants in terms of how he'd play with the Mavericks. Um, moving on to another guy in Harrison Barnes that, of course, has spent time in Dallas. It's been no secret that him and the Mavs have obviously been intertwined before, kind of been interconnected even in the off seasons that have, um, you know, happened since Harrison Barnes left. The Mavericks and him have always been circulating around at least like some sort of micro news rumor. Now it seems, you know, uh, there, there actually may be some credence. I, I believe it was also a Mark Stein rumor, if I'm not mistaken. He, he's been breaking all these, you know, Dallas native guy. Now that he's not working for an actual company anymore, has a lot more time within his sub stack to, you know, focus on individual teams and really hash out all the news he can. You know, it's a great subscription. If you guys get a chance and have the money, go get at him. Um, but anyways, with with Harrison Barnes, I mean, look, you get that bigger wing uh, that can guard up. This is not the same scenario that we were looking at when Harrison Barnes was here. His first go around in Dallas, uh, this is a guy that can guard threes, fours, uh, sometimes even twos comfortably. Uh, is a guy that is is very strong, a great veteran leader with championship experience. Um, he he can really guard one through five on a on a limited basis, if almost if that makes sense. He can kind of, uh, you know, he, in some instances he can guard you know ones and fives, but you know probably not all too often. But I mean, he's that strong big you know non-one-dimensional wing scorer that you want uh that's going to project great defensively uh jaron real quick as i as i keep talking could if you could go ahead and look up his age i'm actually kind of intrigued to see uh where he's at from that perspective because um you know seeing how many good years he has left in the tank would definitely be uh a sort of drawing point for me and it's also you know part of the reason like i said why i think he'll you know, end up only getting around mid-level, you know, exception money. Um, can maybe see him going for a little bit more than that, but um, as currently slated, how old is he, Jaren? He is uh, 31, and he just turned 31, actually, in May 30th. So Okay, so uh, that's, that's not horrendous. Now, I mean, you know, at, at his age, I definitely think he'd want something like the mid-level exception for, you know, three. You know, I, I'd be a little bit more hesitant to give him four years, uh, but yeah. three years for sure I think I would do. Um, especially if the contract's ascending or whatnot, um, you know, you get that perfect three and D non one dimensional role player and, you know, very high care, you know, character guy, you know, helps in the community a lot, very high charisma guy. I, I really can't think of anybody else. And I know that we didn't compare Omax to him later, but I honestly see a lot of his game in him. Um, I, I really don't know anybody else that would be a, a better mentor for, for Omax than a Harrison Barnes um you know at that wing position being a bigger guy that can step in um you know knock down sure you know threes at almost a 40 percent clip uh defend the opposing team's best three or four and then you know also you know create off the dribble for himself in certain spots you know get to post ups attack off closeouts i mean it would be a perfect player for dallas there are 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 obviously some better options you know just kind of age related and you know, some guys who are even like better defensively, kind of like we talked what we talked about with Bruce Brown, but I mean Harrison Barnes, I, I would I would love in Dallas. Um so uh in, in regards to Grant Williams, Jaron, um he he's obviously another sort of polarizing figure uh from the standpoint that he's been tossed around in rumors with the Mavericks, but you know, also you know, has seemingly kind of been removed. Um Mark Stein touched base i believe um with or it might not even have been him might have been somebody else I, i'm you know bluffing at this point as to who the reporting was by um but you know after the mavericks had you know interest in grant williams uh as a potential 
um, you know, sign and trade candidate. It almost seems as if, you know, that option uh, has, um, you know, not been removed, uh, but it, it almost seems like there's waning interest um, from the Maverick side or, or they just don't know if they'll be able to get him or what. Um, I, I don't know the exact ramifications of it. I think, you know, we could sign Grant Williams to, you know, the MLE or just a contract outright, you know, given it, it would have to be a sign and trade because he's not a free agent this year. Um, so, or, or is he a restricted free agent? I believe he's restricted free agent. Okay. I, I apologize guys. I, I keep forgetting the ramifications of Grant Williams deal over, you know, the last like week or two, I saw somewhere that he was on the Celtics books. And then obviously I'm pretty sure he's actually a restricted free agent, but yeah. you know, he definitely is after now that I remember it, but you know, seeing if he uh, would be available if, you know, cause Boston, you know, obviously is operating over the tax and they got a, you know, a, a different, you know, dynamic now adding Porzingis. Uh, there's a sort of log jam up there. If you're considering, you know, Grant Williams, a front court player, he's a sort of mix between a, a wing and a front court player. It, it's an interesting situation. Um, nonetheless, I, I do think that I would be uh, fairly keen, obviously, to adding on a player of his status. I mean, he's essentially, um, you know, the perfect sort of guy who can guard uh, two through four or is very, you know, big bodied, can even anchor down and guard fives just because of how stout he is and, um, you know, how, how, well, he's able to bang in the post and what have you and uh, and tag the role, man. Just a very rotationally sound defender. Knows what he's doing at all times. Shoots the three ball at a high clip. Uh, he he can attack off a closeout. He's he's definitely not, you know, the most dynamic creator, but, you know, he can attack off a closeout and get hard and go hard to the basket, you know, use his size and physicality. Uh, he'd be a great addition for the Mavericks, almost filling two needs. You know, he's a sort of pseudo big. Uh, but can also play the wing, but he could play some spot small small ball five minutes if need be because of his size. Um, you know, I, I would love him, but if the interest is falling apart, it'll be an interesting situation to monitor if the Mavericks could even do anything on that front um, in terms of prying him away in restricted free agency or uh, having to, you know, try and facilitate a sign and trade with the Celtics. It, it would be interesting, but, um, you know, he's, he's definitely a guy I'd hope the Mavericks have interest in. If if something's fell apart for whatever reason, whether it's, um, you know, he's maybe poised to go back to Boston. Um, you know, they I believe they, you know, they can match obviously any offer sheet. So it, it's yeah. not like, you know, it, it's more so their willingness to pay him versus their inability to pay him. Um, you know, kind of like what we were talking about with Denver earlier. Like they're they're physically unable currently to to pay Bruce Brown what he's going to command. Uh, Boston is not in, in that from that standpoint from with Grant Williams, but it could severely handicap, you know, some future ability, you know, future cap leniency and, you know, what some different things they can do. So they have some things to consider there. Overall, I'd love the fit, love the player um, just for whatever reason, I guess that the interest is waning or they, they don't know how real the uh, hype train is in terms of Grant Williams actually considering Dallas, um, you know, I guess we'll obviously just have to see what happens there. But me personally, I, I would love, love his fit. Um, whether we signed and traded him, whether we, we were able to get him for the uh, mid-level exception. Um, however, it ended up working out. I, I would definitely be in favor of him here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I know this is kind of more on a lighthearted note, but I don't tweet very much on my, I guess like just make active, active tweets. I don't tweet very much, but um, one of the tweets I did make was a Grant Williams tweet. So, um, you know, I'm definitely in the ballpark of getting him in Dallas some way. 
uh, shape or form. I think that his asking price is probably going to be quite more expensive than what we, you know, are, are kind of wanting to pay. Um, but look, you know, he'd be a great player, a great addition, um, you know, adds championship pedigree. Um, and, you know, he's a younger guy, of course, he would add to that sort of, um, you know, wheelbarrow of guys uh, on the younger side that, you know, all of a sudden the Mavericks have built up and he would definitely add to that sort of list of guys. And, you know, he would have a bigger role, of course, here than he would in Boston. Boston is just so rich uh, in pretty much every sort of roster spot that is known to man um, that he's kind of not buried on the bench at all. But um, he has a little bit of a smaller role than he would have here. He'd definitely be probably coming off the bench, maybe starting. Um, I mean, that you could probably argue that. Um, but look, I mean, the fit's pretty self-explanatory. He'd be a guy coming in uh, and just, you know, pretty much doing the things right uh, that need to be right, that being defensively and, you know, kind of just being a catch-and-shoot guy on three, which is what the Mavericks need. But um, definitely not opposed to that move, uh, of course, for the, the right asking price. Um, and to me, I think that he's probably one of the top guys that we could go get. And of course, you know, if, if talks aren't, haven't fizzled out, um, I would love for the Mavericks to go get him personally. Um, I mean, I, I think that I, I'm trying to think of any other guys that we, uh, are trying to talk about. I'm, I'm kind of blanking here. What, uh, what other guys were available or what other guys? Uh, Tobias Harris. Um, Tobias Harris, one? yeah. And, uh, otherwise I'm, I'm definitely blanking in terms of the other ones. I think, uh, Tobias Harris, um, I feel like Obviously, that was pretty much about it. That's like had like some smoke to it. No, yeah. In terms of things that have had some like real green to them, I know there was like some pre-draft stuff with Jared Allen, but yeah, I, I don't know. It seemed like that was like completely fizzled out now, according to some sources. So after the lively selection, um, you know, Tobias Harris, I think would be he'd be a good fit. He's he's not the best defender in the world, but he's definitely a good defender. Uh, you know, can defend threes and fours well, has really good size. He's like six nine. Um, you know, pretty solid length. He's obviously a guy that, you know, cr- can create for himself. He's a he's a decent shot creator. Um, you know, just being able to operate as a post-up guy uh from the mid-range area, um, as well as be a good catch and shoot three, three guy. But you know, his self-isolation stuff has has definitely um, you know, kind of you know, been sidetracked a little bit ever since he went to Philly. So it'll be an interesting, uh, you know, sort of uh, scenario if he were to be traded to Dallas, but that would be, have to be a pretty, um, you know, big package. If, if that were to come into fruition, he's a very, uh, he has a lot of money on, on his contract. I think it's damn near, you know, 40 million. I I don't know if he's an expiring, but I know he doesn't have many years on his deal left. He's obviously a guy that's going to be tossed around in, uh, a lot of you know mock trades and stuff till something actually comes into fruition, uh, for for quite a while. So, uh, it'll be it'll be pretty interesting to to monitor his status, um, in, in relation to you know him being on the trade market and stuff. He he had a quote today, um, where he was kind of shitting on some Philly fans that were you know obviously a, a little uh, maybe too keen to trading him, uh, to his liking I guess, but. He, you know, could add a lot to this Mavericks team from a defensive perspective, definitely a size and rebounding perspective. Um, and, and I like his fit offensively, especially as a catch and shoot guy, a guy that can attack off a closeout. Definitely not a one dimensional offensive player. You'd almost hope with the Mavericks that, you know, given that, you know, their focal point of their offense is in a, a center that he would maybe even have to do a little bit of less offensive creation with Luca and Kyrie That'd be a little bit more complimentary, which I think would honestly serve him well could help him focus on his defense a little bit more. 
uh, open up that aspect because he is a really long rangy big guy that can guard two through four well. Um, so, you know, and, you know, he's not, like I said, he's not the most insane guy in defense, but a lot of it kind of seems effort-based sometimes. And, um, you know, when he has to guard against ones and fives, he either just doesn't have the size or lateral quickness in both respected instances. So, um, you know, we're, we're looking at a, a pretty good, um, you know, prospect here. If the Mavericks were to trade for him, it's just a very high dollar figure to try to get up to. And I don't know if they would be able to uh, to make it work, to be honest, but I, I would like the fit. Yeah, absolutely. I think Tobias Harris, I mean, pretty much would uh, become that sort of third guy. And uh, speaking to our second guy real quick, this is a uh, kind of breaking news uh, that literally just came out like five minutes ago. Uh, Kyrie Irving per Woj, Adrian Wojnarowski uh, is fully expected to stay in Dallas. Um, oh, wow. Which, yeah, that, that came out like legit like five minutes ago. So, um that's a pretty big report this has turned into the breaking news Kyrie podcast uh yeah live reporting um but yeah I mean to get back to your point Tobias Harris would be an amazing fit and again I I'm not too keen on it because I think that it'd be a huge asking price um but yeah I think uh to kind of tie the whole Kyrie news back together you know yeah because I mean we don't really have any more guys to talk about this is essentially yeah, a podcast like <laughs> end. so I mean that 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 is crazy news uh I'll say as much as that while this was an expected thing uh, almost for Kyrie to come back. And, you know, the, the, the there was definitely a lot of reading in the tea leaves you could kind of do in the days leading up to this, uh, that something like this was going to happen. Um, it, it To see that tweet is a huge relief. Now, finding out the contract figure and everything, obviously, will be reported July 1st. But, uh, I mean, this is, this is great news. Um, there's definitely a little bit more relief now when we're talking about the structure of this team. Uh, we don't just have to say, now that's a if they keep Kyrie, you know, we can say that you know if that's uh, you know with Kyrie coming back. I mean that that's you know that's why we do this. This is you know that that confirms that the Mavericks, you know, these moves that we're talking about right now even matter essentially because yeah. uh, if Kyrie were to not come back, then they honestly probably we probably are not moving the needle too much for the Mavericks. But wow, I mean that that's that's funny for it to break at the end of the the tail end of the pod. Not anything too shocking. Uh, but I mean, a huge sigh of relief, uh, for yeah. a guy that, you know, has had some, you know, it's kind of been volatile from that perspective. Uh, definitely some of our better on, uh, on pod live reaction news that we've got here. Um, and I, I'm just really happy Kyrie's coming back, Jaren. I, I don't really know how to open up the discussion beyond that. <laughs> um, I, I mean, they haven't even tossed out a contract figure or anything and it'll be interesting to see what, if skin Wade says comes into fruition, you know, it's funny to see that his tweet was really only i mean less than an hour before woge's tweet yeah um so i mean if we get a contract figure it all come july 1st that'd be great um it, it obviously had been widely reported that Kyrie uh was on the horizon to come back to dallas but now now it confirms it uh do you have any other lasting thoughts about this jaren uh what are you excited uh what's going on right now yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily, you know, one thousand percent confirmed. So I'm not, I, I'm, I'm now ninety five, or I guess ninety nine and one percent, uh, sure that he's going to come back to Dallas. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, having that sort of, uh, confirmation, I guess, to you know all of our sort of beliefs, uh, is definitely reassuring. Um, you know, Kyrie, uh, again, you know, has had his not troubles, but has had a, um, a little bit of a. a past history of doing these things and kind of going back on what he says. So, uh, I mean, to have it not necessarily fully confirmed, but, but to have it from, especially Adrian Wojnarowski 
um, that's kind of confirmed. Uh, it, it definitely feels really good. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that this really does open up a lot of things, you know, off season wise. Um, I don't know if the front office, you know, knew this going into the off season, you know, that Kyrie would likely resign or whatnot. Um, but just from a front office perspective, uh, if this was news to them or if that, you know, as of today, if they were kind of figuring this out, uh, this definitely frees up a lot of things and this frees up a lot of brain power, uh, to go get different deals done and to, of course, include different guys and get things done. So, um, you know, I think from that perspective, I'm looking forward to what the Mavericks can do. You know, of course, this came out on June 28th, uh, that news. So, you know, if there is any credence to that, that gives the Mavericks a few days now uh, to go make some free agency moves or drop a free agency build, big board. Uh, if they, well, I'm sure they have already, but uh, I'm just saying, you know, from a brain power perspective, this definitely takes off a lot of relief uh, from their perspective. So I'm excited. Um, you know, we didn't go watch uh, Kyrie's last game uh, or, you know, one of his last games. And, you know, I, from that perspective, I'm excited. And I will safely say now that I'm going to go buy a jersey. Uh, oh, yes. No, 100 percent. Number 11 jersey. Uh, the reading has been the tea leaves. I mean, this is just great news that we're breaking out here on the Mainstream Mouse uh, podcast. Um, you know, well, where else are you getting this sort of live coverage Absolutely. at 102 a.m.? Who else is recording right now besides probably our our you know public enemy number one locked on math i'm just joking <laughs> uh but um no i mean this is this is great uh for Kyrie to be back uh this is all you could hope for the the rest of the offseason just needs to the dominoes easy to just start falling in place nico's got to continue to wheel and deal continue to make these you know jaw stopping you know exciting but also uh you know flexibility inclined to moves and as of right now, um, you know, I, I'm not going to say that the uh, the ceiling is is through the roof for the Mavericks team. But, I mean, if they can add the right surrounding pieces with Kyrie coming back, uh, we are definitively looking at a, a, a squad. Uh, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and we, we can't say that about last year. So uh, this is this is this is just a joyous occasion here in the Mainstream Mavs podcast. Definitely not as, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm as jovial as draft night. That was, you know, all the moves that were being made in the live stream. That was crazy. But, you know, I, I think it's maybe just because Kyrie was kind of expected to come back. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, this is still great. And I'm, I'm really excited. Um, I, I don't have much else other than that. I mean, we'll get into more like the contract stuff once that gets announced and everything. Uh, but seeing the implications of that deal, kind of like what Skin Wade treat, uh, tweeted and everything is going to be huge so we're gonna monitor that with a very close eye but i mean just very excited Kyrie is back in dallas and uh we we can continue the 77 11 hype train um to which i tried to to copy the brooklyn nets flow on twitter the other day and <laughs> market them at 7-eleven but everybody got pissed off they're like no luca shouldn't go back to seven 77 too iconic and i'm like i mean kobe went from eight to 24 I, I don't see why it's such a big deal if he was to do it like mid-career i think it'd be cool but I kind of got some flack for that, but the duo continues. And I mean, they're, they're great friends. And I mean, I love Kyrie's um, I, I love the chemistry that he holds, you know, with his fellow teammates as, as well as, you know, um, the, the sort of energy and uh, you know, the spiritual side of things and the charisma that he brings to this team. Uh, I think it'll all be great from an off court perspective as well. You know, he's always donating. to all these different charities, always working in the community. Um, uh, I mean, I think it's 
only good things here on the mainstream mass podcast after having received this news jaron do you do you have any other thoughts um yeah i mean i got nothing uh welcome yeah, I'm, back i'm blanked here at 105 jaron i'm blanked yeah, we are out. yeah we are blanked yeah. here at 105 a.m yeah. uh look i mean yeah uh, Kyrie coming back of course is great news so other than that i think uh probably wraps it up if we're being honest no, yeah, but it, it's it's a great way to end the pod off on. It is a great way to end uh, the we, pod. We appreciate you guys for listening this far on. We broke the news. Kyrie Irving is back in Dallas. Let's freaking get it. Fudge, yeah. Um, you can cut <laughs> out the the last second, uh, uh, you know, last 30 seconds of this podcast after I said that. I apologize. But uh, nonetheless, um, if, if it still somehow makes it past the editing stage, um well, uh, that that it really just went to show we how, how how excited I am. It, it just truly encapsulated my excitement, and exactly, you know what, you know what could truly en- encapsulate some of our audience's excitement, Jaren? What what would what would if they were to go follow us on Twitter oh, at mainstream two one four, and to go like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube comments? What is going to be Kyrie Irving's down uh, below with the Mavericks? How much how much money is he going to be getting? He's obviously staying now. This is a huge deal. Uh, comment how much his contract's going to be for. Is it going to be the reported figure skin weight set, or is it going to be uh, even more or less money? Let us know. Uh, also, make sure to follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or or wherever you get podcasts for that matter. We're almost on almost any podcast platform. Uh, you know, listening wise, from you know Anchor to um, Google Podcast to Amazon Music, like we're on everything. So we really appreciate it if you guys would give us a five star review or at least, you know, turn notifications on, follow us, whatever you guys want to do to appreciate, you know, show your support and appreciation for our podcast. We would your mainstream um, appreciation. Yes, we we would, we would really appreciate it. Also give us a review. Even if it's bad, we welcome all feedback. We, we, we were individuals of the people. Um, and we are right now individuals of, uh, we are, we are in the A11 even tribe. Hela uh, for the community, Jaron. Is the, the type is the type beat I'm on right now? Hella, do you have any other words to to end the podcast, Jaren? Um, jovial. I don't know. That's something that I could come up with. So, what Jaren? Jaren? Jaren just needs to stop. He's doing. He he has no <laughs> vocabulary. He shouldn't be a podcast host. This has been the Mainstream Mass Podcast. Kyrie Irving back in Dallas. Potential free agent targets you may need to look at. We're going to be doing a bigger free agent board here, probably in the next day or two. Uh, where we really dive deeper than you could ever imagine. So stay tuned for that.